Welcome to the Authentic Deb Podcast. I'm Debbie, and I'm your host for All Things Authentic. This podcast exists to bring people just like yourself from all over the world to share our stories, laugh at ourselves, and encourage each other along the way. Get ready to laugh, cry, and be empowered, but most of all to be you, because being you is enough. Hey, Authentic Family. I'm really happy for you to be listening to this podcast. Truth Seeker and I arrange a variety of topics. Uh, As you know, I do three questions at the end, and then the person I'm interviewing asks me a question. Uh, At the end of this, Truth Seeker asked me a question about coming out and about reconciling God with my sexuality. And that was a whole nother half hour after that. So I'm going to split the segments up and probably make that a series where I get some uh, interviewing some other people. But this uh, episode is a little bit longer, well, well worth uh, the listen. So I hope you enjoy. This is Authentic Deb, and I've got another great episode of the Authentic Deb podcast for you. Today, I'm interviewing Truth Seeker. He has been instrumental in my wild journey over the last couple of years. The internet, uh, podcasting, all of that is a powerful thing. And so we're just going to jump right in and let Truth Seeker um, introduce himself. And we're just going to flow with the spirit and see where it goes. So Truth Seeker, welcome to my show. Thank you, my friend, and a uh, pleasure to be here and uh, enjoy this uh, sharing this sacred space with you and allowing me to jump on your platform. I am so, so excited, really. I've enjoyed everybody I've interviewed. My my goal is actually to like go around the world uh, in every nation, talk to somebody from every nation. I started thinking about words that I've had, prophetic words that it said, your voice is going to go out over the waters everywhere. And I thought about it and I've always thought, how's that going to happen? How's a little gay charismatic girl that half the world doesn't even accept? How is my voice going to go out all over the nation? And I was like, oh, social media, that's how it's going to go out. (laughs) But regardless, we're here to talk, talk about you. So just um, for I have brand new listeners, obviously. Uh, just let us know about you, what what you want to share, and we'll just jump in with, you know, I'll just interject when I have a question. So go for it, wherever yeah, you want to so, tell us. For sure. I mean, I go by the name of Truth Seeker, and uh, I wear many hats. So trying to, which hat you want to talk about <laughs> is kind of the thing. You know, I'm a podcaster. I'm an author, a hip-hop artist, uh, do guided meditations and that kind of stuff, teacher, um, friend, father, you know, husband, all that kind of stuff. So I wear many hats and I use all of those different avenues and aspects to uh, articulate my spirituality and my love for God and and for people and uh, spiritual experiences that I've had, just trying to articulate them through the medium of podcasting and hip hop and those kind of things. And uh, it's been been fun. So it reaches a lot of different people, but it's still all under this this one umbrella and this one agenda is just to kind of make Jesus famous. And, um, you know, so with, with with the podcast for people who don't know and with the music, it's uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, but uh, I, I get into or walk in realms of what people would call like new age or spiritual movements or the occult. Um, and, uh, you know, I reach out to those people and I just have a conversation with them. You know, I don't judge them. I don't, I'm not trying to win them over. I kind I kind of am, but not through like <laughs> traditional means. Right. 
getting them to make a decision or something. Sometimes it happens like that, but it's just, you know, listening to people and, uh, and, and not, and not getting uncomfortable or getting scared or whatever when someone shares a different belief system or something like that, which I used to in the past, but, um, I found it to be powerful and effective in just this realm that God's called me to just to have conversations with people and, um, and you know what I'm saying? Love on them and hear their story and, and what they believe and why they believe it and things like that. And so it's been really cool. So I do that with the podcast and then the music is my spiritual journey and stuff as well. Um, articulated with uh, any and everything that I've encountered or studied and, uh, and tying it back in uh, through a filter of my Christian faith and my relationship with God. Have you? Yeah. I mean, I found you, I'm not really sure, honestly. I have a kind of a commute for work, so I just, around the time I found you, started listening to podcasts and um, never really had before. Usually just, you know, prayer, worship, or whatever on the way to work, and then I kind of got in this weird space, and I didn't really have energy, for lack of a better word, for any of that, so I just started uh, looking for podcasts and I there must have been something woo and something that because it kind of struck me because I was trying to kind of balance all of that out and I know that uh, at first I really wasn't sure where you were coming from but I kept listening because nice cut by the way <laughs> I uh, kept listening because I knew you had faith and so it was like a safe place and it still is uh, a safe place to listen and, and to have questions. Uh, it took me a while, though, to realize that you didn't absolutely uh, necessarily agree with everything that you <laughs> had guests on. So yeah. I was really uh, quite confused at first. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, what is he, does, you know, and, and then it really, I, at least for me, it was about maybe nine months ago or a year ago that I felt like this is just me. I could be wrong that you kind of shifted into being more vocal about uh, where you were at. And, and you, you said on a couple podcasts that you kind of didn't that, you know, you kind of respected everybody and didn't necessarily go along with everybody you were interviewing. And maybe you said that every podcast and I didn't hear it. But I finally heard it, and it kind of was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, but you know, it shouldn't matter. It, it, it really shouldn't matter. It's like you said, having the conversation, loving people and everything. But it was really um, kind of, for me, a, a merry-go-round journey. And, and, you know, and some of the guests, you, I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that was different. You know, there was one particular episode with some alien gal or something, but oh my uh, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was one of the craziest. Ones. <laughs> I, I was surprised. like, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. But uh, so, how did I know? You've told your story probably a, a thousand times, but what I'm kind of interested in knowing. I mean, we both love the Lord and. Uh, we can both have conversations with people that are from from anywhere. And that's uh, a path that I think I've made, for me, some of the most genuine friendships, even with people I haven't met in person yet, in what you might call the woo-boom or the metaphysical realm of train of thought, than I have anywhere else. And I don't know if that's a 
good thing or if that's a sad thing as far as the state of how the church as a whole is scared of a conversation yeah yeah it's a um it's a pendulum you know i talk about the pendulum all the time how we're we're um you know studying something and we get into it then we have to run away from it or we have questions or we get scared or something or we have a change of heart or we find out something that scares us and makes us run back to our faith or and, and stay away from anything that's different um you know, I think Rick Joyner coined the term years ago. He mentioned it, and I, I love it. I think I read it in one of his books. He talks about it, spiritual homosexuality, <laughs> where you only hang around and, and, and communicate with the people who look like you, talk like you, you know, and that's all you're comfortable with is around people just like you. And it happens in the church, right? And And when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to, I mean, we're talking about just a religion. If there's a different religion, then then it's dead there. But we even break it down into the the different denominations. Oh, you guys don't believe in tithing? Well, we can't we can't be friends, you know, or we can't break bread together. And and it was almost this weird thing of where like you meet Christians and they want to just kind of take your theology apart to figure out what they don't agree with, and and uh, and they don't care about what they do agree with. It's like what we don't agree on. And they'll keep asking you these weird questions and until they find something that they disagree with. They say, oh, okay, I knew something was up. I knew we couldn't. I, I knew you wasn't saved or something on even minute, silly stuff, you know? And um, so I noticed, I noticed that with a lot of believers, and I know I, I did that as well early on when I was real combative with my faith. And we have this, we want to be right, you know, especially we're, you know, I talk about we're not just putting our basing our life upon on these beliefs we're basing our eternity on it and so for someone else to uh, stand in their truth um, which is maybe opposite of of yours and if they're right it means you're wrong at least there's a fear Mm -hmm. there so you we're kind of like we have we get into that fight or flight mentality when someone challenges us or even their freedom challenges us right you probably are a huge example. We've been taught one thing about homosexuality and, 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 and uh, same-sex attraction. And then you're like, nope, that's not the case. This is something different. So you're like undoing everything that they've been taught since they were kids. It's part of it. You know, we have to have those conversations. We have to progress. And as believers, Christianity is changing. We as a society are changing. And if And if the church doesn't change along with it they're going to be left behind and that's what we what we're seeing people by the hundreds of thousands who are not going to church anymore and that's why this where i come in with a podcast and uh, have those conversations that you're not allowed to have at church L- allow people to to think for themselves allow people to be scared allow people to not know and uh, ask the hard questions and stuff and so you know, a lot of free thinkers and free thought and the Internet's just opening up doors for that. And Christianity is getting left behind. And I don't want Jesus to get left behind in the right. midst of that, you know. Absolutely. I think that that was a lot that you just said. I had a lot of thoughts on that, but I agree 100 percent. And I know that. Oh, let me try to find my the one thought as far as Jesus being left behind. Even when Susan and I were pastoring a, an affirming church down in. um. Bothell, Washington, Washington State, 
and we pastored down there for 10 years, you know, worked full time, did the pastor thing. That's just a, a challenge for any pastor in and of itself, working full time in pastoring. Uh, I had been saying for years, uh, I said, you know, there's a whole subsection of people that will not step foot in church, gay, straight, black, white, young, old, whatever, because they're looking for something real and they want the supernatural. I think everybody does, and they're going to find it one way or another, but they have this innate discernment that the church is fake, that, that there's a lot, and I'm not calling everybody. I have, you know, I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying, but that the, that the, the structure and uh, I had never heard the term spiritual homosexuality before until just now. I'm, I'm familiar with Rick Joyner. I just hadn't heard that term. But you're right. Unless we say it this way or that way. And then if you, uh, you know, I've already had to answer some questions. And I don't uh, pastor right now. And, and I really don't want to. I feel like the Internet is my pastorate, you know. I don't really don't want the nine to five to church where I have to be there every Wednesday and every Thursday and every Friday and every Saturday. I'm, I'm really looking for community and race relationship. There is an element of the church community that I miss. It's almost like I could do away with the sermon and everything else, but get me to the end where we all hold hands and pray for each other yeah, and have I'm community. Yeah, or, you know, the worship, uh, yeah. if it's not boxed, if it's not contained. But the rest of it, I can really do away with. And I know that that uh, makes people or even my, my church friends uncomfortable. Like, has Debbie lost her way? No. In fact, Jesus is still the only way for me. But the rest of it, all the pomp and the circumstance or the, the, the only hanging out with people that are just like you, it, it, I have no stomach for. I started to lose that stomach for it even back when we pastored and we haven't pastored since 2012 is when we went on the road and, and traveled as you know as evangelists and stuff um but not the evangelists like knock you over the head with the bible type we just kind of went out and prophesied over people <laughs> and entered in in and taught classes and stuff like that but i really think that the church is at a I think they've been at a crossroads for a really long time and, and they're still not getting it. And anybody that speaks up and says anything is labeled as, you know, new age, like you said, or, or it's just like the church isn't ready to expand the box and the people who are end up leaving the church. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah kind of like inevitable but i mean christianity as a whole and some of the, the, the whole and some of the fringe movements and uh those people who are like us who kind of venture outside and then we feel like we have no voice and we're by ourselves or maybe it's us maybe it wasn't the church maybe it's us like it would be easier if it was us and we mm -hmm. could just repent and kind of come to a, a right. knowledge and be more loving and be more accepting but then we go back and it's like oh man i just don't belong here well it's not just that there's so many people Again, just the numbers of people leaving the church, but but they feel the same way. They want fellowship, and they're starting it. Finding communities that we are kind of forming, kind of evolve into an ecclesia. Right? Okay, we're starting to we're starting to pause out here. Let's see. Okay, can you hear me? 
I can. Yeah, I heard what you okay. said. You just had a bunch of uh, pauses in there. But yeah, the the ecclesia and things forming, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm just so over structure. It's, it's kind of like, there's that thought of you need some structure. But then it always takes over, at least in my, my experience, we start to try to control the Holy Spirit. We start to try to control people, uh, control timelines. And somebody asked me the other day, we were having um, dinner with a couple of their friends. And, and it was like, what will it take to get old, young, whatever people engaged in a spiritual community? And does it look like church? And we all just kind of sat there and went, I don't know. It's like we could identify the problem, but we really couldn't come up with a good answer without putting structure on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Cause it usually has to, to go there, you know? And it's like, cause people are like, well, I hate, I hate organized religion. Oh, so what do you like on unorganized? Religion? <laughs> you know? um, it is, you know, we just got to do it, you know? And, it, and that's, that's what it looks like. Like, I guess what we're doing now, it's a part of what it looks like. I don't think it's everything. Cause I'm like you, I want the, uh, the physical meetups. I want the, you know, hanging out and, uh, and worship together. And I mean, I love praying for people over the internet and on the podcast and one-on-one sessions. And it's a beautiful and amazing, but it's nothing like being, you know, holding hands with someone or laying hands on someone physically there. Just the energy is totally different. So, you know, we, we, we all long for that. It's amazing that we do have the internet. We're connected with people literally all over the world, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's awesome that we have that medium now. But I, I like meetups and I'm starting to be able to meet some of the people in my community and in the flesh. And I'm starting to have retreats and things like that. And they're showing up and they're coming. And, and, and a lot of people responding who aren't even the everyday online people. I mean, they're part of the community, but they, they're not vocal. You don't see right. them. I've never met them. But then I host an event and then they're there. Oh, yeah, I've been listening to you for five years. I was like, wow. You know, and. Uh, so there's more people than just the ones who are every morning tell you hello or, or right. in the Discord communities and things like that. But so that's really awesome being able to meet those people and hug their neck for the first exactly. time that you've been talking to for years now, and uh, that's beautiful. So that's one thing, uh, w- you know, one thing that it looks like, uh, you know, doing those meetups and retreats and, and conferences and stuff. And I really want to, I really want to start getting out there more. I'm opening up my area, but I want to travel a little bit more and and meet like-minded people. And what I was saying earlier is just that a lot of people in the church are starting to wake up and there's a lot of different pods and cell groups and areas where people are kind of doing the same thing that we're doing. And they've all are reaching this level of maturity and love where they're not stuck on being right or stuck on being the leader or whatever the case is. They're not threatened by another opinion of, religious belief or spiritual belief or anything like that and it's starting we're starting to emerge maybe learning from the era of our ways or just a level of ascension and spiritual maturity if you will and um and it's really uh attractive and there's a lot of people doing it and i'm uh just honored to be in those groups now because i had to kind of go venture outside of the church to talk about the things that i talk about and the experiences that i was having but now um, there's so many Christians who are talking about this stuff that I've been studying for years. It's just like, I'm not even, I, there was a time where I felt like I was the only one, 
And, you know, and I think I was, you know, but I think me being vocal and talking about this gave other people um, a sense of community and, uh, you know, uh, gave them this courage to speak up about their experiences and situations. And now there's, you know, people just like me all over the place and uh, who are talking about astrology and the Bible and psychic abilities and Bible and metaphysics and, 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 and they're unapologetic and it's their truth, you know, and it's so awesome to see that. You know, it's, there's so much. I mean, I know that for me, I think it was at the end of 2019, the, I mean, I was doing well. I wasn't in a regular church at the time. I'd kind of gotten disconnected through a fence, which is a whole nother <laughs> podcast. There's a there's an element where I'd like to say I'm spiritual, mature, I should know better. But, you know, we all can fall into it. But I kind of came out from from covering or from that fellowship. And through that, I was just kind of wandering. But I was still having my quiet times and praying and, you know, and and all of that and really, you know, doing, you know, my little, I used to do the Facebook lives in the morning. That was really before I met you, I was doing it pretty consistently. And then people got freaked out because I was driving and talking at the same time, <laughs> but it was like the only time I had, you know, on yeah. the way to work. So, yeah. but through all that, I had this uh, planner, you know, daily planner, and it was called the badass planner. And this is going to sound funny, but even at the time it was like, Oh, anybody in the church knows I have a planner called the badass planner that has, you know, uh, somewhat explicit language in it, you know? And so it was like coming to grips with how much fear I was actually living in. Not that I go around swearing like a sailor or anything, but it was like, I like snarky stuff. I like, you know, um, what's the word? non-religious, just real, you know, I mean, that is part of my personality. And I kind of realized I had this other persona. And so I was, I would like, um, you're, um, you are a badass, the book, you are a badass by Jen Sincero. I was like, I was buying these books in Barnes and Noble and it was almost like I didn't want to anybody to know I had them because I was so uptight about even the language on them, not me, but like, oh my gosh, they're going to think that, you know, Pastor Debbie or whatever is, you know, lost her faith, you know, and, and so I had to start coming to terms with like what my own BS was. And through all of that, I was on a Facebook group for this journal, this badass journal. And you know how when you're in a Facebook group, then it will put up other suggested groups right underneath like hey you're on this we'll go check out truth seeker right stuff like that and there was this other group and it was called manifestation babes and i heard god really clearly i clicked on it and i looked at it and i went oh that's that's out there they're talking about universe and da 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 and it was way outside my box this is just two years ago way outside my box and the Lord speaks to me as clearly as he speaks to you, you know, like how we're talking right now. He said, I want you to join that group. And I, I, I was like, I was drinking a glass of wine at the moment. I took a sip and I said, why? <laughs> Just like, why? And I heard God and he said, because they're going to help you break, uh, break some mindsets you have about money and about business. And I didn't even really know that term, you know, mindset or this or that. I mean, I knew it from a Christian perspective, manifest and, you know, strongholds and stuff like that. So I joined this group 
and I join and I'm just kind of stalking it. I'm just kind of watching and I'm feeling truth seeker way out of place. Like what in the heck do you have me doing now? Like what crazy adventure do you have me on? Cause I know his voice enough to know that that was totally God. Cause I would never have done that. I was way too uptight. And, um, then I, I heard God really clearly saying, I want you to use their language. I was like, excuse me. And, um, this gal posted about having a hard time and she wanted everybody to send her love and light. And I heard God real clearly said, prophesy to her and don't use my name. And then I thought, Oh my God, this must be, you know, I was like, you could say that's the devil, but it was like, no, you sound exactly like how you've always sounded like. So I'm like, well, God, I don't, I don't really know how to, to do that. He's like, yes, you do. So I just put out this thing to her and I didn't say in Jesus name or anything like that. I just said, you know, I sense, which is how I would prophesy even now, you know, I don't need to get up there. Yay. Thus verily says yeah. God, you know, I said, this is what I see. This is what I sense. And I feel this love around you and, and, and the universe has you and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, be encouraged that X, Y, Z, whatever it was I said. And I remember uh, my wife, Susan walked in the room. She thought I had literally lost my religion. She was like, how could you prophesy without saying in Jesus name? And I'm like, well, I'm just doing what God told me to do. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, even though it made me really uncomfortable, I said, Holy spirit is well able to get his point across. Well able, whether I say Jesus or not, because it's the intent and you know, and what I'm, what I'm sending, what I'm sending out. And I, I remember telling God, well, I feel like I'm cheating on you and calling you like the universe in this group. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, I am the universe. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well now you're just, now we're, you know, we're just getting into the details, but it was quite, that was like the start of my journey through that. I found your podcast and other stuff. And then just this wild journey of trying to figure out all of a sudden everything I believed was challenged, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's so much even there. Like, I think that, you know, the in Jesus name, I do it. Right. But, <laughs> um, and, and I tried to stop, you know, um, there was a, 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 an area where I was led down a path, much like you going on the new age shows and infiltrating their movements and things. And, and the Lord was like, okay, don't, don't do the Christian thing. Don't speak Christianese. Don't say, well, you know, Paul said in Ephesians, you know, don't do right. that. Tell them what Paul said, change the wording, but the same idea, paraphrase what he said, you know, and I would do it and they were just blown away, you know, and, and, and real receptive. But the Christians were like, oh, you didn't put a, I would even quote scripture and not even put the book. And they're like, oh, why, why didn't you put the book? You're ashamed of the book or, but <sighs> the whole in Jesus name, that's in, in his character. Mm -hmm. The name is the character, right? And, and uh, is the character of God. So when, when we're doing something in Jesus name, anytime we're acting out of love, we're doing right. it in, that's Jesus' character is love. And we're doing it in his name, in the name of love. I mean, when, when you really break it down, his name, that's not his name, Jesus. Right. Name, that's the name that we, for us, it has meaning. And we, we grew up with that name. And whether it was Yeshua or Yeshua or whatever, you know, but the name is the character. So whatever we're doing, we're doing in Jesus name. But um, I, would, I would be on there and doing energy work and, and people would want it, healing and things like that. And so um, 
I was trying to like do it without uh, praying in it's Jesus' almost name. Impossible. It's so hard. I know. And I would do it and I would send energy and move energy. I can do it. But then it, it would just come out of me in Jesus' mighty name. Right. Jesus mighty. And I would just, you know, it just come out of me and stuff. And I didn't have to. And that's my Christianese or whatever. But it, I couldn't keep it back, man. And I just... I didn't know if I got scared to do it or sometimes I would even speak in tongues during mm-hmm. some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, you don't hear speaking on speaking. In tongues? <laughs> but, you know, it's like, well, it bubbles up out of you, you know, and moving but- in power, though. But, um, you know, it's 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 funny, you know, but uh, I mean, I've I've been there where I was trying to hold it back. But now I just don't care. I'm, I, I use all the phrases and all the terms and speak in tongues and not speak in tongues and use energy, God, universe, you know, all those terms as well. I do think there's so somewhat of a difference. I do like to use God a lot only because a lot of them don't like it now. So instead of me, like not wanting to get found out or something now, it's more of, I want to know why you don't like the term God. The term God. It's, yeah. It's usually because oh, well, my father was a preacher and or hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, they were hurt by the church and, uh, and there's no reasons like that. So we got to, you know, everybody understands we got to go to where the trauma is and we got to work through it and find out why. Like you're tri- you're triggered when I say God. Why are you triggered? Right. It hurts when you touch that wound. It's an open wound. Well, we got to deal with it. Well, who, no matter who you are, a Christian or new ager or whatever. So we all have triggers and we all have hurts and stuff. And I found out that's where the healing is and going to those those open wounds and dealing with them. And so I use the the, the God thing a lot. And even God, for me, it's just like, it's more personal than the universe. I don't think the universe is personal. Like it just is, it has its laws. It's like God governs it or whatever, but God is personal. Right. He's not so far off that he can't hear us or, you know, it's not too far away that we can't touch him. Right. The universe doesn't care. The universe will chew you up and spit you out, but God cares, you know? Right. Exactly. And compassionate. So God is a, you know, is a, is a, is a father, you know, the universe isn't a father. So there's some distinctions there that I, that I have to make, but I still use it from time to time, you know, consciousness, God, cause he's, he is it. <clears throat> like you said, he's everything, every, he's the breath, he's the wind, he's the, he's in the trees, he's in the, the everywhere, water, the elements, he's in every person, he's in the, you know, animals and um, to be able to see him in, in all of it, or at least a reflection of him is like, in this place where like, okay, now we're getting somewhere because we've been taught to say where God isn't right in religion. Well, God's not in that. No, the Lord's not He's in that. everywhere. He's in there somewhere. If yeah. we can see him, God, what are you trying to say through this? Where are you? And to be able to learn to see our father in it. And then that's when we change the, the, the way we look at things and the things we look at change because we, we have a different relationship with them. I have fallen. Like even when you're speaking, I can just feel like, if I was alone, I would probably just burst out in tongues because I feel that welling up and yeah. like tears in my eyes right now because at the end of the day, whatever word you want to use, and I agree with you, it, I had a watershed moment about everything in August. I'll back up. I was driving to work and um, I had all these questions because you interview all these inner people people so it was just messing with my head you know but it was good because it was like it is like this and this person and aliens and this and this and I'm like oh uh, you know and past life regressions and all this stuff and I was just like I remember driving and uh, I was just talking to God out loud and I said Jesus I don't even know about all this stuff you know it's like 
um, yeah, I've had a lot of supernatural experiences, but like mediums and, and ascended masters and all of this. And all of a sudden I felt this bubbling up and I heard it in my head before I said it. And I remember exactly where I was at a red light. Cause I was really worried that I was losing my faith. I was really worried that Jesus was becoming uh, less than what he was before. Uh, this is authentic dead podcast. My dogs are going to bark. So, <laughs> and I was really worried about it. And I was at the stoplight and I said, I don't know about all that stuff. All I know is the name of Jesus is above all names. And I just started praying in tongues and just started declaring God, like in a way that I hadn't in two years, because it was like, I went for a moment back to old Debbie before all of this, where I would just be praying and praying in tongues and declaring and pacing the floor before work. You know, I'm kind of, you know, if I'm interceding for something and, uh, even though I didn't have a church home, you know, I was very much engaged. And the one thing I found in all of the searching was I missed relating to the Holy Spirit in the way that I was used to. And I heard the Lord say, I told you to learn their language, but I, I didn't tell you to change with me. You know, and for me, it was like I became a chameleon. And becoming a chameleon in some ways, God uses me very effectively that way. But in my personal relationship, I felt like I wasn't hearing the Holy Spirit as strongly. I wasn't, um, I wasn't connecting with my prophetic and intuitive gifts as strongly, any of it. And it was because what's that word? Cognitive dissonance. I was at war with myself. So when I, when I had this watershed moment, and it was literally like, you know, where you can feel it just bubble up. And I just said, all I know is Jesus. And it was like, it was like God said, thank you. You know, <laughs> and so since then I've had this freedom, but I can still have the, the conversations. And I thought truth seeker that it would mean that I'd be ready to jump back in the church and find a church and, you know, and what I found was, no, I still don't really have much of a stomach for that in the way that I used to. Now I am going to some meetings and uh, with people I know and reconnecting and restoration and everything, but I don't ever see myself pastoring again or anything like that. I mean, like we said earlier, the, the social media and the people I come across, whether it's at the gas station, McDonald's or whatever, that's your that's your mission field. And it may or may not include leading them down the Romans road of salvation, because I, I think really, well, we know, and I hear the song in my head right now, you know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. You know, they just need love because every person you could walk outside your door right now and get your wife and daughter and go to Dairy Queen or whatever. And you're going to drive past hurting people whether they're smiling like this or not. And that, that realization of every single person in some way, shape or form has something going on and they need maybe that love of God that day is a smile, just like eye contact, you know? So it's, but I was kind of surprised that me having this watershed moment didn't necessarily just jump me right back into the church, when I went to a church service, I was so bored. And I, I, I'll probably get in trouble for some people from saying that. But I was like, but when we did the prayer at the end, it was like a little small group. I was like, oh, there you are, Jesus. It's like all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit. And I was just kind of sitting there before that, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah. Man, I'm with you there. I mean, I've had a lot of those and it kind of sounds like my pendulum thing that I talk about of like going back and forth and it's like, forget the aliens. I want nothing but Jesus, you know? And it's like, <laughs> you know, forget the new age stuff. I'm coming back to Jesus. And I would like sever ties. I would delete music. That, oh, wow. I mean, music that would talk about UFOs or talk about Ascension or whatever. And I, I mean, for me, that's going back and forth. It was like, it was hell. It was scary. Oh. It was, uh, dark night of the soul for me because i would do it i mean i would do it two times a day sometimes oh wow that's like a mental torment it was i'd wake up that morning on fire for jesus and then start listening to new age and spiritual documentaries and be like man this is what god's calling me to and and uh and i just had that like what the future looked like what did my ministry look like because i was a christian evangelist too you know and uh and I was accepted and there was a standard and right. couldn't, couldn't do both, you know, you're lukewarm or whatever. So, but as I would go back and forth, it was like, I would get rid of anything that was spiritual to, to, uh, that wasn't Christian, I guess, put it that way. But I felt like, like you, like God was calling me to these things and God put these things in me for a reason. And I would throw books away and I would throw CDs and delete songs and websites and, I mean, I would spend a day working on my website and get it perfect, a full day. And then the next morning I would, and it would be like spiritual. Then the next day I would spend the whole next day undoing it and making it a Christian website. People would come to my site and then revisit it in the evening. And it was a different. They were like, is he bipolar? (laughs) I was for sure. Yeah. And And how long ago was that? Man. I don't mean to interrupt you there. Yeah. I don't know when, I don't know when the last time was, Uh, I mean, my wife could probably tell you because she caught the, the, you know, the blunt end the of it. The brunt of it, yeah. What do we believe? Okay, we're doing what? We're doing this. And- <laughs> okay, head of the household, what do we believe? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, you know what? And the enemy uses that, man, because we felt like we we lost our witness. And the yeah. enemy wants you to lose your witness and tells you you've done too much and now you can't go back. And, and I think uh, I have a bigger witness now than I ever did because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is, you know, the, the Bible says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. I didn't, even when I, even when I came out and left, you know, my marriage with my son's dad, who, um, and, um, you know, the church, you know, attacked me and that's for a different podcast, but I mean, it was, it was bad, you know, and, and, you know, I was on the prayer team and all that. And then all of a sudden you're surrounded by demons and you have all these demons and all of this. And I'm like, but last Sunday before you knew I was prophesying and it was good (laughs) and now it's demonic and she goes well you're just splitting hairs and like well I'm actually quoting the word the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable Mm -hmm. you know um so I went you know I kind of went through all of that but people um they just want us to stay in a in a certain way and I just can't do it. I can't be like this podcast, the Authentic Deb podcast. I cannot be authentic and continue to fight with myself. Just I, I can't do it. It doesn't mean I have the, the, the answer uh, to everything. All I can really do where I've come down to is, you know, if, if somebody asks me, you know, another pastor or somebody that, you know, I'm going to do some type of ministry with, um, all I want them is just to see me and, and ask ask where my heart is rather than assuming they know where my heart is. Because what I've come out with is that 
yes, I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus is the only way. But that's about all I know. And I don't think that would go over real well. Like, well, you know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? And I'm yeah. like, well, dude, I wasn't there. And, we <laughs> and you know, even with aliens, people say, what do you think about aliens? I'm like, uh, I, I, I think they're probably real, but I don't, I, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't have any thought about it one way or the other. If one shows up, I'll say, peace, how's it going? You know, unless I'm scared, poopless and faint, you know, whatever, you know. So um, it's it's really, really interesting to see what what God is going to do next. And I think it's not what he'll do, but what I'll allow. Like how much, I'm sure you've gone through a lot of rejection and I've gone through a lot of rejection in my life just on the, the gay issue, which to me is so boring. It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't think yeah. my boring life of working, coming home and doing dinner has broken up you and Arian's marriage, you know? So, I mean, it's like, I don't even get in those conversations. It's like, there's so much more to me than that. Right. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does next. You know, and with the pendulum thing going back and forth and trying to figure out things, and it was like, okay, just we're just you know, forget in anything you know, pseudo biblical, anything new age, whatever. I just wanted to be about Jesus, I just want Jesus, just yeah. give me Jesus, you know. And uh, and, and we want it to be simple because Jesus is simple, right? You know, love and I'll be with you, and presence of God, and worship, and um, doing good deeds, but. I was like, okay, it's, it's always just Jesus until somebody asks you those questions. Well, what about tithing? Are you tithing? No, I haven't right. been tithing. And they're like, oh, you got a tither. You know, God's not going to bless you. And so it's always just Jesus until something else. What about speaking in tongues? Do you guys pray in tongues? Oh, yeah. No, that's for today. Oh, so now it's just Jesus and speaking. Or in if tongues. you don't so now, speak in tongues, you know, yeah. it's, it's either so, way. So trying to keep it simple, it's like, you know, we want it to be just Jesus, and it is until you're asked. You say, what about the rapture? What about what about exactly. universalism? Or what about yeah. if you don't actually? Those are some of the questions I've had to ask myself. Like, I was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Is like, you know, the before I had my stretching from the Lord, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, universalism, you know, it's, it's um, scary, you know, and. I used to think like, and I'm not really sure what I think, honestly, but what I know is that I believe, I believe there's one God and it's Jesus, you know, and I don't, um, but all of my preconceived notions about how God operates in the spirit realm, let's say it that way. I'm trying to find a really nice way to say it so I don't get my house teepeed overnight, you know, all the, everything else I really don't. No, because who am I to tell God who he wants to use and how he wants to do it and how Jesus is manifest to other people? You know, you grow up saying it has to be Jesus. You have to you have to say the words and, and do the prayer and da 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 da. But yet we see God showing up to all sorts of people all over the world. And when I look at Romans 12, I never knew until I came out as as gay that Romans 12 was some gay clobber scripture. I had always looked at it as that since the beginning of time, God has made himself known through 
nature, through everything. Um, and so basically, you know, if man worships uh, an idol, you're without excuse. So I always looked at it that way. And to me, it was a beautiful piece of scripture saying, no matter who you are, uh, in the farthest country of wherever, right, in the most remote place, um, you know, running you're around. Roman, you're talking about Romans 2, right? Romans. Did I say 12? Yeah. I think I meant to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, I was trying to think. I was like, I think yeah. Too, but okay. Yeah. Romans yeah. Too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, my Bible's out of reach of my headphones, but yeah, that where it says, you know, since the beginning of time, I've made myself known. Right. And it's usually the big clobber scripture. Yeah. Cause it's talking about uh men burning in their right. Lust and women and unnatural. Yeah. But if you read the first part of it, I've always had this beautiful picture that, whether it's through a tree or through a sunset or whatever, that God, the creator of the universe, is making himself known to mankind. Yeah. And that I've got to trust God in that. And I've never believed that if some little Bushman in whatever part of whatever um, dies and somebody didn't come and say, say, dear Jesus, I ask you into my heart that 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 means all of a sudden he's screwed and he's going to some <laughs> in t eternal hell. Eternal torments. Well, you know, the weird thing, they, there's a couple of little things they try to interject. You know, they'll say, well, yeah, well, Jesus, he appears to everybody before they die. It's like, How do you know that? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, no, he's all, he, 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 you'll definitely get a chance before you die. It's like, so the little Bushman, like he has an encounter with Jesus somewhere on the deathbed, like, <laughs> You know, it's just these weird excuses. And I call, I actually called into um, Jimmy Swaggart's morning show. I used to listen to that. And they would help. They would help me because I would get so far out there in my doctrines and, or just the new age studying. And Jimmy Swaggart and those guys, they just, they, the cross, that's all they preach is the cross. Right. They, they do a good job at that. And um, so I would, I would listen to the morning show and I would call in. I would talk to them about Romans 1 and 2, which talks about how God, uh, you know, uh, is people who do not have the law, but by through their conscience are doing the things that are written of in the, the law. Romans like, five is is that Romans five or Romans seven? That's it, it's one and two. Yeah, I think it's is it Romans, Romans one. one and two. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm not and, with it tonight, uh, obviously. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so I would call and ask them that, and they would say, well, if God can deal with those people through their conscience and, and, and through nature and things, then why preach the gospel and give them the chance to reject? You're giving them the, you're kind of setting them up for failure if you preach the gospel to them. But really understanding it, it's just a bigger understanding of what the law is and what love is and what the conscience of man is and, and, uh, and how and how how God speaks to people, you know, and I, I don't think we're alone in that. And you know, a big thing for me was that scripture was huge. Yeah, and meeting people outside of the faith was also huge. Meeting people in the faith who had a different uh, denominational background and, and belief, you know, that was that was huge. But um, Billy Graham, you know, I always yeah. talk about this this recording on the when he was interviewed by Robert Schuler. Um, the hour of power that, right. that changed everything for me, you know, he, hearing him say that and, and, uh, you know, at the end of his, his run at the end of his life, the one of the greatest evangelists 
that we've ever seen in our generation. And um, he pretty much, you know, he said that Jesus had a, a people of his, for his namesake out of every people group in the earth. And some of them may be in the Muslim world. Some of them may be Hindu or Buddhist. They may, he yeah. said, they may ha not even know the name of Jesus, but they're part of the body of Christ. And I heard him say that. Yeah. And, uh, it just blew my mind, but it was like, it confirmed so much within me. And then for Billy Graham to like do the event evangelist thing and preach the Romans road and do as, as much as he did. Then at the end of his life, he's like, look, God is dealing with people yeah. regardless, you know, and then it confirms the scripture, you know, God is not, not a respecter of person. God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, not right. just Christians, well, all set, flesh, setting on the, some the, sacred... bush, the bush part people, he's pouring yeah. his spirit out on them too. Oh yeah. You know? you, we're going to step on some sacred, sacred cows with that. Just when you talked about the sex of people and like, you know, because that's where I've yeah. kind of gotten down to is, um, let's see. Yeah. Right. I don't know why I said Romans 12, whatever. I think it's, um, but I love it. Let me read it because I'm reading New King James. Um, let's see. For, verse 20, Romans 1, 20. For since the creation of the world, his individual, in, invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts and foolish hearts were dog. And then they go, you know, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of God, um, of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And it goes on, but I've always looked at 120 and thought, uh, how cool, like one of my 120 and, uh, is such a powerful piece of scripture. Cause I think it says exactly what you just said. Like, who am I to say that Jesus, a God in his creativity, can't reach somebody, like you said, through the burning bush or through um, through whatever? And maybe they have something, a bunch of sacred cows are about to die here. Um, maybe they have something that they're calling on something, but in their heart and in their law and to themselves, that is God as they know it. And we get... We get thrown off by their calling it whatever. I can't even think of anything right now. Yeah, well, well let's just say Allah. Okay, well, Allah is God. It's, that's exactly <laughs> what the word means. Yeah. In Arabic, it's, it means God. They're like, no, it's a different God, and it's the, it's the moon God. You know, we've heard a lot of different people, Christians, it's like, no, the word actually, they're saying God, you know, in their language, like, not even a different God, you know, and you, you're breaking, you're splitting hairs, but you know, it's what they know. And obviously they have different beliefs and different uh, ways of interpreting it. And, and it gets lost in, in translation because there's a language barrier too. I mean, we're, we're trying to go through the, an ancient dead language, reading the scriptures, right? The, you know, the uh, um, biblical Hebrew is not a spoken language anymore. Like nobody speaks that anymore. We, it's powerful. It's uh, awesome, but it's, it's a dead language, you know, and there's definitely things that are lost in translations and idioms. And that's why we just get lost in uh, studying it because we're just ever learning and coming to new things in revelations. But Romans 2, uh, 14 Let's see. Um, let's see. Let me, uh, let me just 
start at 12, but it, let me go back before that. Let's see. Man, you can pretty much read the whole thing, but it started at 9. Uh, uh, Romans 2-9. Nice. Tribulation uh, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respecter mm. of persons with God. He's quoting the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 10, 17 is what my clef, my Bible says. The notes up. Uh, for as many have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as, as have sinned in the law shall also be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. And then here's the key scripture, 14, 2, 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meaning while the uh, accusing or else ex excusing one another. Um, it's exactly what that says. Wow. They didn't have the law. We didn't have the law. We're the we're the Gentiles. Damn it! Like you know, we think you know, they didn't have the law. They didn't have the Bible. Like it means the Bible. No, it was the, about the law. The law and growing up and like that was their that was their um, their culture. The, the, the Hebrew culture. Like you you were trained in the law. You you you're you know you celebrated all the customs and all. This is new to us. We're trying to learn you know, the, the law and we're trying to learn the, you know, the things in, in the scriptures and stuff like that. These, but he's talking about people who, the Bush people who don't have it, not just the Bush people. Cause that mm-hmm. makes it seem like something far away. But right. Us as well, when we do by nature, when you have the choice to steal or do without, and you say, you know what, that don't belong to me. I'm not going to, and nobody had to tell you that's the law in your this, heart. Yeah. This thing written on our hearts, the Bible, all of the the commandments and all of that stuff. It, and when you understand that the law was about love anyway, and Jesus breaks, breaks it down and says that, you know, all of the law and the prophets and all of these things can be summed up in loving the Lord, your God, with all your heart, loving your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, if you walk in universal love, uh, you know, loving without restrictions and uh, like you're going, you're going to keep, you're going you're yeah. to do everything. That, th- that it told you to do from walking in love and you're not going to steal you're not going to commit adultery you're not going to look at your neighbor's you know wife with lust or you know you're not going to kill anyone you know you're not because you're walking in love bonding mm-hmm. in love and that's that's the message of this whole thing and it articulates it and it paints stories and things like that but that's the that's the test. Can we love? Can we come here and learn love? Can we, yes, we have differences, but can we love each other, you know, regardless of those differences? And so it's like kudos to the people who have, and they don't even have the law. They don't know anything about me from this perspective as you guys who have it all together, but they're walking in love. And, uh, and that's what it comes down to. And, um, you know, that's a, you lose control though, like when, the, with the church realm and, Oh, well, you don't have to come to church and you don't have to do this. You don't have no, I don't have to do anything. I get to do these things. Yeah. I don't have to do them. That doesn't make me any more, any less of a Christian because you believe I am or, or, or not, you know? And um, so it, it opens it up. And um, 
you know, and, and it changes the gospel a little bit for me. My, yeah. the, the universal thing helped me a little bit as well with understanding it because it like, it takes away the urgency of, hey, you, you got to tell these people they're going to hell. You got to tell everybody. Every soul must know that they're going to hell if they don't make a choose a decision. Well, if they all get into the kingdom, you know, if they all get into heaven, then why there's there's less urgency? That's just normal, right? It's good, definitely. We've been lied to the, the, with this evangelism thing, but it really helped me because it changed the way of me looking at at people that God would forgive them if they repented or if they confessed their sins or if they heard the gospel, then God would forgive them. Hey, God will forgive you, man. No, he already has forgiven you. The gospel is already done. It is finished. Like he, I, I just have to tell you, I have to declare yeah. to you that you're already forgiven. You just don't know it. Once you know it, then you're able to step into it and embody and taste and see that the Lord is good. You're able to see me walking as a son of God, walking in forgiveness, embodying forgiveness. He's not, it's not that he might forgive you. He already has through Christ. And I'm here to let you know it changes the gospel of a what if to something that's already been done and we all get in. So universalist thing really helped me of understanding that the gospel was something and it already had taken place. Yeah, that's going to change his mind about you. Right. That's some, I had never looked at that piece of scripture in that way. So I, I've, I've definitely, I mean, but it, it confirms what I've been, what I've been thinking though, for, for yeah. sure. And, and you know, where I have found freedom uh, is I don't have to know all the answers. It's like such a weight off my back to say, I love God. And I love all my friends, regardless of what they believe. I love being able to have conversations now without waiting for the punchline, like a car dealer guy that you walk on the lot and he's like pouncing on you, or maybe he waits five minutes for pounces, <laughs> you know, and I find myself to be much more effective. And you know, kind of what I found going back to a minute to the Christian language or the the, the new age type of languages, as I've made these deep connections, I haven't had to change my language. It's like full circle. God told me to learn it. Um, and I think part of that, really, it was just a lesson for me, but also to for people to see my heart and see who I was. And so that was a big testimony just in, just in there to be yeah. able to um, make myself approachable. Because I'm a pretty approachable person to begin with. Um, and now that these people have gotten to know me, they're like, Oh, you know, they, they don't care what language I use. And I've even found a lot of people who I wouldn't, didn't even know maybe were Christian, you know, in the, in the like saying, Hey, you know, I love Jesus <laughs> that, you know, that, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day from a different place and we were saying something about intuitive, you know, on my website, it says intuitive session or whatever. And she said something, I says, well, you know, in my realm, we would call it prophetic. And she went, her eyes got all big and she's like, Oh, Oh, somebody, it was like, she was all excited. Like somebody actually spoke her old language. Mm. You know, and I was like, well, that's the language I'm more comfortable with. But I just, you, you know, intuitive's not an uncomfortable word for me, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, so I don't know. But man, I've got a lot to un unpack from that. I have some questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, does Arian like your beard or would she rather have you shave it if it was her choice? Aaron. Am I Aaron. saying her name wrong? It's Aaron. 
Yeah, it's Aaron. It's spelled like that. Yeah. Okay. She she would have me save it. Where is she? <laughs> and the hair too. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Come here real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Ask it again. I've already answered it. Okay. Ask it again. Hey, Aaron. Hey. I'll get to one of your retreats eventually. I just finally got Saturdays off. Like, this will be my first one. But um, I want to know, um, I'm giving uh, True Seeker the hot seat questions. And the first one is, does Aaron like your beard? Or would she rather have you shave it off if it was her choice? Mm, I don't mind the beard. But I like it a little shorter, I think. A little shorter? Come show me, like, how short do you want it, like? I like it when it's, like, more more trimmed up, I guess. Clean there you go, yeah. So it doesn't catch food in it and stuff? Yeah. It, no, she has to clean my beard, like, every Oh, well, you guys are high school sweethearts, right? Yeah. So, okay. So I guess trimming his beard comes with it. Okay. Next question. You can hang out for this. Let me ask both of you. Where do you see yourself... In the next six months, and what would you do? Here's the, and I have a, I have somewhat of a word for you too. But where do you see yourself in the next six months if time and money was absolutely no object? I want to travel more. Just took my first flight. I and, saw that. Uh, got to travel, and it was amazing and so much fun. And I want to go everywhere now. So I want to travel to see other places, but to see our tribe and to, to do conferences and things like that. So if money wasn't a thing, I would definitely be booking places around the U S or around the world to, to, to do what we're doing tonight, you know? Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Same. Yeah. Same. Okay. Well, that's good. Cause you're married. So that works really well. Okay. And then what is, a, and I want to do the same thing. That is exactly um, where I'm at. What is the risk that you haven't yet taken? Signing the lease on a new house. <laughs> so we we want a house pretty bad. That's something that it's a kind of a, a risk and money's involved. But I can't. It, it kind of ties into the one before that because we we'd also have a new house if money wasn't an, an issue. For me, what do you say? Um, I don't know. I don't see it as a risk, really. But with the house, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it was interesting. And the reason I asked that question, and you get to ask me whatever bizarre question you want, is when I when I did that question, I had like a quick vision. And it was of like, um, like sound waves and like glass shattering. Like we heard the, you know, we hear the term glass ceiling. A lot of times it's talking about women getting paid less than men and this and that. But I saw like just glass everywhere. And what I had the impression was, is that you were like crushing through sound barriers. Like if I could draw, which I can't, I just like saw the movement in the atmosphere and all these sound waves. And, and immediately my brain was like, it's not about the music, although of course you're a musician. But what I wrote was it's the roar of your voice in the atmosphere and that there's a ripple effect in the heavens and the nations. And I wrote risk and reach out and extend yourself. And then I heard the phrase, no questions asked, meaning, well, yes, of course, we have dialogue with God. I feel like, you know, like with the prophetic, you take the best and bet best and spit the rest, right? I feel like you're going to, you're either in the moment or going to have something come up where it's a yes moment and you just need to say yes 
and it's it's going to shatter some things and break some barriers. And what I wrote was um, earth shattering, barrier breaking, new levels, new relationships, nations, nations, nations. Amen. Receive it. So no questions asked. So we'll just believe that. Okay, so you get to this is the part, uh, Aaron, we, I do my three hot seat questions, which is what you came in for. This is where you get to ask me anything funny, bizarre, or otherwise that you want to. Ask authentic Deb. Stub authentic Deb. Let's see. Mm. <laughs> we already know she can't quote scripture right tonight. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I just, um, how did, I mean, how was, I know this is a whole process or maybe a mm -hmm. whole series of episodes to really answer this, but, but uh, coming out, your process of coming out and accepting who you are and that if God loved you or does God love you, like how did that whole thing come about for you, for you to finally feel comfortable in your skin, being a Christian, knowing that when, when I come out, it's going to be hell. And you were married too. Yeah, so. that was tough. Yeah. Um, that is a whole episode, but... Thanks for listening to this episode of the Authentic Deb Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and connect with me at AuthenticDeb.com. There you can book a session with me and request to be a guest on the show. So until next time, this is Authentic Deb signing out. And remember, be you, because being you is enough. <laughs>